Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett. Today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Turning Point Autism Foundation, the University of Illinois Extension DuPage County 4-H, and the Edward Foundation. watching Spotlight and joining me now representing Turning Point Autism Foundation are Barb Brower and Mason Brown. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Jane. Always nice to see you. I'm Barb. What's new at Turning Point? I love that question. Uh, Turning Point always has something new. Our students have um, achieved new steps. Our staff is putting together new goals. And um, this year, very exciting, we have been approved for early childhood learning in 2023. Congratulations. So, thank you. We're very excited about that. That's ages three to five. So it's always fun to have that age group and to um, participate in the intervention early childhood learning provides. Um, also, we have our two brothers um, enterprise that we're expanding. Okay. And so Mason's here to tell us a little bit about that, because I know that partnership's not new, but you're doing some new things. So tell us a little bit about that, Mason. Sure. Um, about six years ago, we started working with Turning Point in their Made to Inspire Cafe on the Lexus dealership. And um, they came to us about a year later and said that they want to expand the program and, and figure out how they can... They can um, put that, uh, what we're doing uh, into their uh, adult services. So, so what we're doing now is we're roasting coffee, we're, we're packing it for them, and then we're uh, giving it to Turning Point for them to assemble um, and then uh, sell to their uh, wholesale partners. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because I know employment, and we talked about this over the years, right? We do such an amazing job, and now you're doing early childhood, but we do an amazing job of, of supporting uh, children and families as they get through. But that adult piece and the older, uh, that's a more challenging aspect of the work that you do. So talk about the expansion and what that means for you, Barb. So we have our adults who were in our therapeutic day school have aged out, and they now are in our adult day program and it's adult day and work and um, two brothers provides the opportunity for an enterprise so we can have those adults learn vocational skills and pack um, frack packs or K cups and then we deliver them locally to businesses who buy them from turning point and it allows us to um, not only have a day program, but also um, pay these adults a fair wage for the work they're doing. That's awesome, right? I mean, that's so important. And I think, you know, when you talk about work, it's that sense of purpose, right? It is, it is. And it's meaningful work we need it at Turning Point. It allows us um, some a revenue stream. And then it also allows us to um, hire adults who, um, can do the work That's and great. pay them um, the above um, minimum wage. 
And you're there still also for those supports, right? So that's also part of the nice part. You're not, you've got them right there with you. So if there's need for some intervention or additional support, I would imagine it's a great environment in which they can do that. It is. It's definitely supported employment. So we do have staff on hand with them while they're doing it. Okay, that's amazing. Um, Mason, talk a little bit from your business side. How does that partnership benefit you? You know, what, what's in it for two brothers? Sure. Um, well, I believe that by working with Turning Point, uh, we're providing a, 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 a means for, for, for adults with autism, obviously, to, to, um, to find skills and, uh, that they can bring into the workforce, right? And, Two Brothers, as a business, we've always been linked to charities, um, area charities. Um, the Two Brothers festivals that we've had, uh, held at the Roundhouse um, in Aurora um, have all been charity um, uh, charity festivals. So everything that we're going to be doing with Turning Point um, in the near future is all, our, all of our proceeds are going back to charity. That's wonderful. Yeah, That's a great way wonderful. to create that partnership, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit, you've got some special blends, and sure. I know there's a little bit of partnership happening there, so tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, we've been working uh, very closely with Turning Point over the last few months, trying to hammer out uh, what blends they want to offer, um, because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, packaging 12-ounce bags and uh, K-cups and selling them from our website and donating everything back to Turning Point. Um, the blends we're going to be offering will be our, a hearty breakfast blend, a complex dark roast, and a, a delicious decaf. Okay. Yep. Well, we got kind of our coffee taken care of there, right? Yeah, Morning, yeah, noon, and night. To. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. So really, I mean, for you, Barb, that's like two different ways that that's supporting the work that you do in your mission, right? It is. So people who are not local, businesses who are not local, but they still want to support Turning Point can order the new coffee. It will be shipped directly from Two Brothers to the customer, which is great. And then as Mason said, we will receive um, benefits from mm -hmm. that purchase, which is amazing. And it allows us to have those adults continue to work. So um, continue to do the local um, sales and um, pack those up and deliver those. But also we have our adults learning um, how to make t-shirts. And so on our website, um, if you go to our Made to Inspire Boutique on the website, you can um, get a t-shirt that a student makes for you or the pumpkin kits for the pumpkin race that we have every year. We ship those all over the country. They worked on 500, over 500 pumpkin kits last year and got them out so people could do pumpkin races all over the country. So this is supporting those adults again. So it's a really nice ecosystem. It I mean, is. you know, you're you're providing a service and selling, but the proceeds are helping you provide services and allow supportive services for those uh, adults that are coming through your program and, and an opportunity to both learn skills and earn wages, right? Exactly. We are so grateful for the partnership we've had over the years and now that it is expanding. Yeah, that's wonderful. So um, as we kind of close out, anything else you want to share with us that's going on at Turning Point? Well, I think uh, that um, I just want to say that if you 
show up at our website and keep an eye on things. April is Autism Awareness Month, and you can see all the things that we'll be doing for Autism Awareness Month. And Otis, our, our mascot, will be around town. Okay, okay. Now remind me what Otis looks like. Otis is a black lab okay. and was a therapy dog for um, our founder's family, and now he is our mascot. I love that. I love that. Oh, that's great. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming by and, you know, love to hear these kinds of partnerships. They're so important, right? And I'm sure your business is benefiting from it as much as Turning Point is benefiting. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. And if you are interested in learning more about Turning Point Autism Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. Busey Bank is proud to partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. The Naperville Police Department needs your help to solve crime and bring offenders to justice. When you submit tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers, you help keep our city one of the safest in the nation. Tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers have helped solve hundreds of crimes and recover over $7 million in drugs, property, and cash. Remember, tipsters remain anonymous and receive cash rewards up to $1,000 if their tips lead to an arrest. Call the tip line at 630 420-6006. You may have that one piece of information that solves the crime. Nationally recognized, locally invested, Ducey Bank is proud to be named among the 2022 America's Best Banks by Forbes. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette, and joining me now from the University of Illinois, extension to Page County 4-H, is Nancy Reppy. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's just start right off, because I think a lot of people have a vision in their mind about what 4-H may or may not be. So why don't you tell us what 4-H actually is? Well, people often envision animals, and it can be animals. We have animal science. We have veterinary science, where kids can learn about that. We also have STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. We have a whole plethora of creative arts areas, environmental learning, uh, global citizenship and engagement, and lots of hands-on learning for little kids. That's wonderful. So now talk a little bit about what young people do at 4-H. So, you know, those are a lot of areas, and I think that's really good because that's very varied. I mean, that's a lot more than I think most people think. But what can, uh, what can you do within 4-H? Well, there are uh, many, many project areas, more than anybody can complete in a given year. Youth can choose the project areas that they wish to pursue. They can do some independent learning while supported by a whole network of club leaders, knowledgeable project experts, people who can put them in touch with professional learning and further development to enrich their project learning. Youth can change their project interests at any time. They can add to them. 
Okay. So it really, I mean, I think that, you know, again, we sort of had this image of we're, we're showing our, our pigs or our cows, right, at the 4-H fair. But what you're really talking about is developing a, a world of interests and skills, yeah? Absolutely. It's all about the youth finding what sparks their interest and then discovering that they can pursue their own path of learning. It's learning to learn. Mm. And as they go through the 4-H program, year after year, adding different projects as they like, they have the experience of sometimes meeting with adults who can further their learning, such as 4-H fair judges. Okay. Okay. Now, talk a little bit about who can join 4-H. Is, uh, who can belong? 4-H is open to everybody. It's wonderfully inclusive. We invite everybody from all backgrounds in all areas of DuPage to come contact us and get involved. Okay. All right. Now, you've got um, a little group, and I love this name. It's the Clover Buds. How cute is that? So talk about how old are those kids and what's, what does 4-H offer for the Clover Buds? Clover Buds are our youngest learners. They're ages five, six, seven years old. Once they get to be age eight, they can join the 4-H club. Okay. So Clover Buds are learning about the various project areas, but only in a hands-on experiential way, not the in-depth learning that the older kids will delve into. These are the kids just experimenting, trying things out, a little bit of art, a little bit of science, a nature walk, um, hands-on time caring for guinea pigs. I love that. <laughs> So now, okay, so they're doing these fun things. Talk a little bit about, do they come together? Like, where would the club be? How does it meet? Does it meet at the same place? How does that work? Well, our community clubs generally meet once a month. They will generally pick, uh, say, the first Saturday, the third Tuesday, a day of the week, set it up and have a club meeting at a place within their community. Okay. The youth come together, have that sense of belonging to a club, they learn about various uh, project areas or other special field trips that can be presented within your club. And sometimes they do talks and demonstrations about what they learned in their last 4-H uh, project can inspire others. Okay. Now, talk a little bit, because you have been, and, and I think we should just delve into this for a hot minute, because you've been involved in 4-H right from the get-go, right? So tell us a little bit about that. And then how does that lead to who might lead a 4-H club? Sure. Great question. I grew up in Glen Ellen and I was a 4-H member back in the 1980s. <laughs> Some time passed. Well, I should say I also worked at the extension office um, during my years in college as an intern. Then many years passed. I had my own kids and I went looking for a 4-H club because I know how important it is to give kids positive youth development opportunities and 4-H is that. I found the Winfield Bluebirds and I've been a, a leader, volunteer, helper, within my club and then I came to work at the 4-H Extension Office and now I get to help all of the clubs to um, uh, have programming that meets their needs and um, understand where the youth interests lie and where the families are looking for support. Okay, well you certainly have got a really good background on how to really look at 4-H and I would imagine then as you're talking that each 4-H club is a little different. It, it's tailored to the community or the students that are coming in. Would that be true? It is true that um, the club becomes flavored by the interests of the youth. That is absolutely true. We have some youth who are into 
theater and drama arts. And um, if you get more of those into the same club, then it becomes a theater and drama art heavy club. We have clubs that are heavy into the creative arts and visual arts. And we have um, clubs where youth are very into the science aspects. We also have livestock clubs where Kids actually um, live on farmettes and small properties with um, goats and sheep, poultry, and rabbits and other animals. Okay, so more focus there. Um, now, teenagers, mm -hmm. always important to create that sense of belonging. Uh, you do a lot with the teens, so help us understand how the teens are involved in 4-H. Okay, well, teens develop uh, all just as the same as the kids, and people can come into 4-H at any point in time. You don't have to start as a, as a young child. But as teens more rapidly gain mastery over their project learning because they are becoming young adults and advanced in their abilities to, to learn and become real experts, they can then um, achieve not only the independence of picking their project and pursuing it, but the mastery of the project. And then as a teen teacher, inspiring the younger 4-H members and conveying what they know, it really reinforces the teens learning and sets them up for leadership possibilities galore into the future. Yeah, that's lovely. I do love that whole idea of you're learning along the way, but a, a big part, as you say, of learning is then teaching. And, and that really does help with that mastery, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you've got some exciting events I know coming up, so say, say what's coming up in April for us. Sure. Civic engagement is um, one of the main project areas in 4-H, and uh, each year our 4-H clubs in DuPage County put on International Night at DuPage uh, Event Center and Fairgrounds on Manchester Road in Wheaton. Okay. We'll be in Building 1 on Saturday night, April 15th from 6 o'clock till 9 you can come in and experience a taste of the trip around the world without leaving the suburbs. <laughs> we'll have 12 countries being represented by 12 different 4-H clubs. Um, some will dress in uh, traditional wear of the countries they represent. Sometimes there's music, art, and there's always a taste of a uh, food sample okay. from international countries. Now that's a draw, always a draw, right? To go try it. <laughs> $1 to get in. It's your donation to the um, DuPage 4-H Foundation, which supports the programming that helps uh, our 4-H youth. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that sounds like an amazing night. I love the way you say a trip around the world and we don't even have to leave the burbs. So that's mm -hmm. awesome. Nancy, thank you for coming by and for sharing so much good information about 4-H. And uh, we just appreciate what you're doing for young people and even for those little clover buds. We appreciate that too. Thank you so much. The clover buds are the future of 4-H. Ah, love that. Thank you. And if you would like to find out more about the University of Illinois Extension DuPage County 4-H, please go and visit their website. Don't go away. We're coming right back after a few short messages. Growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the Edward Foundation are Brett Skeen and Dr. Daryl Wilson. Good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks it's a pleasure to be here. Glad to be yeah, here. absolutely. So Dr. Wilson, we're going to start right out with you. Sure. Why is philanthropy important to Edward? You know, I, I thought about this actually a, a couple times. And, and I the answer I actually could give, which is just the basic kind of dry run-of-the-mill answer, is that margins at hospitals are really, 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 really narrow. But it's not really about that. It, it's, it's about people. And it's about we as community members, because myself being a member of the hospital medical staff, being also a member of the Naperville community, I've been here since 1988, since I went to Naperville Central, rah, rah. Um, <laughs> Go and, 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 yes, and, and really, it's about what we do as a community to help foster growth with the hospital itself, to make sure that we're moving forward with technologies, make sure we're having infrastructure that's built, making sure that we can actually provide care in our backyard for everyone. And, and, and us giving as members of the community, that's, that's a big, big thing. That, that is you know, the life's blood of a hospital. That is what makes things grow. In 1988, when Edward Hospital existed, and now here in 2023, I've seen that growth. And it's yeah. because of what we do as community members and us giving is paramount to make this growth happen. And I've seen that growth. And, and I'm now part of that being on the foundation. I love it. Yeah. It's, I, it's funny because I didn't, I came a little later than you did, but you know, it always used to be, well, go east of 294, right? <laughs> and now, I mean, we're just thriving as a hospital and it's an investment in your own health. I mean, I think that's a big part of it, right? Well, it's community health right there. I mean, we're a healthy community. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the greatest places to live is Naperville, right? So, and it's because we as the community members have made the hospital the heart of it. Yeah. We, we put in to make it great, and, and, and we're going to keep doing that. And that's what we do as a foundation members. We want to keep on that life's blood going to the hospital to keep it going. That's wonderful. And Brett, now you've been around it now uh, for a while. Uh, talk a little bit about the impact that the gifts that come to Edward Foundation, how are they impacting the community? Sure. Uh, investment was a great word. I love that you mentioned it that way. If you look at big projects, those are some of the most visible ways that you see philanthropy having changed Edward. The Edward Cancer Center, you know, that yeah. huge amounts of money went through a campaign to help to fund that facility. Plainfield Cancer Center, the same thing, a very visible extension of the community's support for oncology services. I know behind the scenes, there are a number of things that happen all the time as well with you know big expensive pieces of equipment that really revolutionize care, whether it's for diagnostics and um, just finding out what you have, being able to diagnose disease, or if it's the treatment side as well. So we've done things like CT scanners, uh, MRIs, brand new uh, equipment brought in. Um, everything from ultrasound equipment to uh, surgical equipment and room stuff that's used in our hybrid cardiovascular operating room. So uh, cutting edge stuff that's really providing a whole new spectrum of quality care options for patients locally. It's all funded in part through support from the foundation. I think, um, you know, and that's so wonderful too, right? Because there's, when unfortunately you might need to go to the hospital, not having to drive an hour, being able to be home, being able to have your family support, that's also part of that whole healing process, right? Most definitely. I mean, you want to be close to home. Nobody wants to have to go distances away or have their child in the hospital and be a distance away from them. You want to be able to be in your backyard. And I think that you know, it's what we all want. We're selfish in some ways, right? And, yeah. and we all want the best for us at any time. But in all essence, when you have members of the community providing 
funds through the foundation to the hospital, what you're able to do is actually not only provide for yourself, but for your neighbor and, yes. and for that person that wants to come back to Naperville. I mean, I make the joke to my mom all the time. She moved away, they're, they're down in Atlanta. And I said, hey, if you had to come up here and receive care, you know, you know, you can come back and be at Edward Hospital because not only does your son work there, but <laughs> you know what Edward has grown into. It's because right. our community members have made it a place to be, right? So you want to be in your backyard having, you know, relaxing time. But if you're going to be in your backyard and sick, to be able to be close to family and have state-of-the-art care that's provided to you as well and, and that's because community members demand that yeah and they, they help us by providing funds to the foundation yeah well now and you sit now on the on the foundation board dr wilson so talk a little bit about what excites you about that because obviously you community member you're a physician you work at the hospital but what what excites you being on the board i i think it's because i have the opportunity now not only to interact with people as, as a physician in the ER, I mean, I, the doors open, I see everybody, <laughs> but now it's that opportunity because individuals who are giving back, it, it helps to, to, to make me feel like, boy, you know, the, the work we put in, the, the stuff we've gone through as of late with the pandemic and everything else, I mean, it, it kind of staves off that whole moral injury that you feel sometimes as a physician. <laughs> and, and now being on the board, I can go out and interact with those individuals and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you're doing is making it possible for me to provide stellar care for you. But this is an opportunity now to, you know, have individuals who I've given all that I can to that I can say, hey, can you give back? And, and if you can, this is what you're doing. You're making it possible for me to be that stellar person, to mm -hmm. work in a stellar institution. So I love being on the board. It's a great thing. And, and to meet all the people. I mean, I get to meet Brett and hang out with him. I guess he's okay. So. Yeah, he's not bad. We like him. Some days. Some days. <laughs> all right. Well, so this comes to you, Brett, who's yeah. not too bad to hang out with. Um, talk a little bit, if you would, or give us an idea of some of the needs that you're looking as a foundation or the opportunities that you're looking to fund currently. Yeah, we have a number of things before us. At any time, we never have enough to do all the things we would like to. Uh, there's hundreds of millions of dollars in capital requests at any given time, but we've really prioritized things, some with input from the physicians on our board who have kind of uh, made the case for, for what things are really going to drive care mm -hmm. and are really important to providing care for the community. One of those is a new linear accelerator. It's kind of the cornerstone piece for our radi radiation treatments for cancer care. Um, the unit that we have was great, but it's nearing the end of its sh kind of shelf life, if you yeah. will. Um, the new units that are out uh, provide even better targeting for uh, cancer treatment to tumors within this, you know, really tough to reach places in sensitive areas with minimal tissue damage to the surrounding area. So all of those advancements, I think we're really looking forward to, and that's a key piece that we're going to help to fund. Another thing is a new C-arm for our hybrid OR suite. Okay. Um, the C-arm, I think the easiest way for me to explain it is kind of an x-ray machine that's on real time running during the entire procedure. And for a lot of the interventional procedures where we're doing complex, um, even things like replacing heart valves with no surgery, where all of this is done interventionally, they're using small pieces of equipment and tools to do this all through veins and arteries. Uh, it's amazing stuff. It's beyond my scope to comprehend. Really. <laughs> I didn't notice but, your medical degree wasn't showing. Yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but 
You got to have good imaging to do right. it, uh, obviously. Yeah, can't go in blind. It's, yeah, not good. It's sensitive in, in hard to reach places. You're dependent on images that are coming through on the equipment that's there. So again, um, better equipment, uh, better imaging, and uh, less exposure to radiation for both patients and for the care providers themselves in that suite. So that's something we're looking forward to funding as well. Awesome. As we wrap up, just real quick, Brett, because I know, you know, how can businesses, how can the community engage and get connected with Edward Hospital and the foundation? Yeah, there's a number of ways. Uh, for starters, I would say that we would invite any kind of interaction. You know, if you would like to volunteer and help by giving us time, uh, we've run two events every year that take tons of volunteer help to pull off. So we would welcome that at any time. Um, our website lists a bunch of opportunities to provide uh, whether it's investments uh, financially or uh, you're, you're doing things long-term through gift planning options. Uh, there's a number of different ways that you can become involved and support our mission financially. Um, at the end of the day, what we would like to do is partner with individuals in the community so that our opportunities meet what they're passionate about. And I think, you know, that's Daryl's helped us with a number of those conversations. I enjoy those conversations. So we invite people to reach out to us, whether it's by email or they're calling the office uh, to talk with us or I'm putting them together with the kind of care provider that they're interested in, in seeing that service line, you know, bettered at Edward. Uh, really, I think what's rewarding for myself and others on the board is for people to have an opportunity to support the mission in the way that's most meaningful to them. So if it's cancer care, if it's cardiovascular care, if it's emergency care, uh, we have opportunities across the spectrum and we would love to engage people kind of where they're at. Where they're at. Well, and you're not too hard to connect with, so that's nice, right? You're, I hope not. Yeah, you don't bite, so that's good. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming by and for sharing all the good information that you have about the Edward Foundation. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having us. Absolutely. And if you want more information about the Edward Foundation, please go and visit their website. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organizations featured on today's episode, please go and visit our website at nctv17.org. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.